Hey friends, welcome to Her Scars Tell a Story. I'm your host, Anne Calvillo, and today I'm with my wonderful guest, Blanca Sapulveda. I'm so excited to have you on this podcast, Blanca. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. I'm grateful to be here. I met Blanca at the Live to Lead event um, that was hosted probably about a month ago or so. And I was truly intrigued and inspired by her words of encouragement. And so today, Blanca, I just want to get to know you a little better and for our listeners to get to know you. So if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, So my name is Blanca and I live here in Chicago. I am a mom of a 26-year-old. Well, no, actually, he just turned 27 this past this month. <laughs> so I'm still in awe. Um, but uh, I'm a proud mom, and and I'm a, a daughter, a sister, a friend, a mentor, and I'm just excited when I meet somebody new and I'm being able to add value in any way that I can. So. Um, and I've done volunteer work, and now in what I'm doing, I, I get to meet people and, and help them in different ways. Mm. And by adding value, I I so see that in you um, because, again, when I went to this Live to Lead event, I hope I'm saying it right. <laughs> Is it Live to Lead? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I know that you were a panelist. And some of the things you were talking about now, if you can refresh my memory, because it was a little while ago, but there, you know, there was a lot that you shared and a lot that you said um, that that really blessed me. Uh, would you mind sharing a little bit about what you shared? Yes, of course. So the um, the panel um, had to do with our our growth and sharing and sharing some of our successes. And one of the things that I focus on and what I've learned over the years that has helped me and now to help others is financial education. So I really believe that we all need different types of coaches in our life, whether it's a spiritual coach, a wellness coach, a, you know, a working out coach, but we definitely need a financial coach. So I feel like I learned so much and now I'm out there you know, teaching others the basic financial fundamentals that we all need to strive and do what we are meant to do and not worry about finances. Mm, That's so good. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and what was that like financially as well? So my parents were hard workers. My dad, he worked full time in a factory and on 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 the side on the weekends, he was a car mechanic. So I saw a lot of hard work in him. And then also my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, she was always making extra, like doing things extra around the house and things that where she could bring an income. So she would bake cakes, piñatas. She would make piñatas and sell them. She would babysit, carpool. She had graduated in Mexico as a hairdresser. So she would here, she would just do haircuts, permanents, you know, like dye hair. Like she did everything to bring some extra cash in the household to help my dad out so I saw a lot of hard work within my family my grandmother as well she was a a great mentor for me growing up she also you know worked full-time a full-time job cleaning a hospital and on the weekends cleaning homes Mm -hmm. and and so this is what I saw and what I grew up with but I also saw a lot of fighting because even though there was a lot of responsibility with paying the bills there's always we're always falling short 
because it was never enough. Um, and so I saw a lot of struggle um, that my parents ended up getting divorced. My mom had to go to work and she had to um, borrow money so we wouldn't lose the house. Like it was devastating. And I started working at a bank early on at the age of 16, 17 years old. I started working at, at a bank as a bank teller. And so I would always tell myself, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into those type of financial struggles. I'm going to do the best that I can. I work at a bank, you know, this is a decent job. And so I thought I was going to be okay. Um, I was going to school. I went to college. As soon as I graduated, um, I was part-time working part-time at the bank. And then I became full-time and then I had my son and all, every life started happening. And I felt like I saw a pattern happening. I had two jobs myself. Yeah. So that's, you know, I saw a lot of her work and my family, you know, uh, outside of the financial part, my dad was always the type of person that would bring everybody together to go to picnics, to to get together for cookouts, parties. Like we, he was like the leader of the family. But then when they broke up, he was shunned out from the family. Everything fell apart. Mm. I do remember having good memories of family time. Yeah. And how the dad would take the lead and how he would bring everybody together to, to these family trips. So a little bit of both. Yeah. Bittersweet. It's really um, interesting to me that you mentioned how financial struggle caused, obviously wasn't the root cause, but it, it was a major cause in this separation and this divorce. Um, yeah. And even nowadays, I believe that financial struggle is a major issue in a mm-hmm. lot of marriages and the reason why people separate and divorce. Can you speak a little into that? Yeah. So sometimes, you know, I know that he felt inadequate. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my grandmother helped as well. She would buy us things that we needed, like boots and coats and like, you know, some necessities. And I know he, he resented that and made him feel less of a, you know, provider. But they were just doing it. She would just do it because she wanted to help, you know. And so it just it just made things worse in his mind where he just went a different direction. He ended up cheating on my mom. Mm. And it's just all because, you know, of the, the, those feelings that somebody may have. Like, I'm supposed to be the provider. And, and then they just turn to, you know, it, and it all comes back from his upbringing. Because mm-hmm. that's also been with him growing up. His mom had to leave Mexico to come here and left him alone over there. Mm. And so I think that we all have, you know, childhood traumas mm. that go into our adulthood life. And, and then we continue those patterns of destruction and it just makes it worse and it just has to stop, you know? And, and then when I decided I found a career that I loved at the bank and went to school. And when I had my son, I realized I was falling into those same traps mm. because I was a single mom. And now I was working two jobs, but none of that was really apparent to me until the future, until I started doing what I'm doing now, did that really open my eyes. So we're stuck in a cycle and we think it's normal. It's part of life and we don't see the bigger picture. Blanca, speak into that just because you're right. I think a lot of us grow up thinking that living paycheck by paycheck, keeping two or three steady jobs, that's our normal. 
because we've seen that growing up. Can you speak a little into that and what you've seen? Of course, you shared on your own life, but in just people that you work with, what is what are some of the cycles and some of the normals that you see? So as I was working, I worked at the bank for 20 years. So I saw a lot of different things. And um, and what I noticed is that a lot of people, majority of the people that were working there had a part-time job. Um, majority, and then I, I, you know, as I started now learning more about what I do now, I realized police officers have part-time jobs. Teachers have part-time jobs. Like a lot of people cannot do it with one income. And now that I do what I do, I'm actually sitting down with families and I'm seeing it firsthand. And then when both are working in the household, husband and wife, what happens to the kids? Who's raising them while we're at home? Mm. Um, or where are they getting their advice from? Like I, I'm not one of the things that I encourage, um, I do a lot of mentorship as well, is to, to find a mentor. The mentor needs a mentor. So I will always be working with someone to help me in growing and developing as an individual, I'll always be a lifelong learner, but I, I encourage others to do the same, especially when I'm, you know, helping out with the, with the youth and in letting them know to find a mentor. Um, and that's, I think I never had one. So I feel that if we continue to just live in our environment, we're never going to get out and see the real world. And we're going to always, repeat these cycles of not going out and doing what we were meant to be doing. That's so true. Um, I love that you said a mentor needs a mentor. And we all need someone, like you mentioned, whether it's spiritually, financially, physically, we all need someone to speak life into us, speak truth into us. We all need that, you know, that someone that will keep us accountable yeah, um, that'll encourage us on our journey and um, be there to even check our blind spots out. Those things that we can't see in ourselves. Right. Um, Absolutely. And I think um, mismanaging money, that's a big one. And that's a big mm-hmm. one that we don't talk a lot about in our culture. No, that's what, what keeps us from moving forward. And that's why I'm so grateful that I was open to learning from someone when they get invited me to a workshop to learn about finances, the first thing that we have to be is open. And so I'm so grateful that God put that person in front of me to invite me to attend a a workshop where I started learning things that I should have learned. I'm like, I should have known these things. How come I didn't know about how to manage that or how retirement works or how to buy a home or all these decision-making things that we that we, we come across our base, you know, a lot in our lives. And when it comes to decisions with money, I never knew that it existed, that help was there and resources were there because they're not readily available to us in school. Mm, yeah. And so you mentioned God, and that's one of yeah. my favorite parts. That's what I love getting. You know, that that's To me, that's the meat of the story, right? Um, yeah. When you talked about God, how was the Lord introduced to you in your life? As I'm meeting people and I'm telling myself, you know what, I, I need to help people now that I know, because I always thought, you know what, I work two jobs, I got to pay my bills, I'm not going to go into anybody's business, everybody, you know, does what they do. But then when I realized, no, we need help, people need help. I want to help people. I started wanting to get out of my shell and network and meet people. And I was, I would go to different clubs, like the Rotary Club, I would go to 
all these different nonprofits because I love volunteering. So I always volunteer, but I never really get to know people. I just go volunteer, do what I got to do and wait for the next project to come. But now that I started learning about this and the importance of this mission that I'm on to help families with finances, I met somebody who said, you know what, I think you should talk to this person. And, you know, I think you guys will hit it off. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking I'm going to network with her, get to know her. Mm-hmm. And and actually, the question she was asking me intrigued me. Mm-hmm. She was asking me, because um, we're getting to know each other. And she's like, are you where you want to be in life? And how do you feel? And I said, I'm great. I'm, you know, I'm grateful for my health, my family, my career. I have a job at the bank, but I also found a career that I love. And then she's like, but do you feel like there's something missing? And I thought, um, I guess, yeah, you know, because I'm, I still felt something was missing. And she goes, do you think it's spiritual? Uh, how is your spirit, you know? And I said, yeah, I think that's what it is because I don't go to church. I don't, you know, at that time I was Catholic and um, really didn't go to church only uh, whenever, you know, it's a holiday or something. <laughs> and so I felt like it wasn't really complete. And then she's, and then those questions that she was asking me really opened my eyes and she invited me to be a part of a retreat. And I went to the retreat. I was open to learning something new because I'm all, all, I'm always about learning. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if, if I'm going to, you know, I'll always say yes to those things. But at the same time, I was like, I really don't need that much help. <laughs> I think I'm pretty well where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So I really just went to learn, but I didn't know how powerful it was going to be. And so that experience right there is what really helped me understand because they brought me back to my childhood, you know, and how God is so powerful. And she's the one that introduced me, like really got me to have a relationship, a real relationship with God. And so I I always, you know, believe in being open to learning something new because you just never know how it's going to change your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But after that, it doesn't stop. So sometimes we feel like, oh, you know, it's one and done. Kind of like we go to church on Sundays and that's good enough. No, we need a relationship with him every single day. And so the way that happened was because of church. The one that my mom was going to was too far for me. And we always, I feel like we always have those excuses. It's yeah. too far, it's too far. Yeah. And so that was my excuse why I couldn't stay connected. And so all of a sudden, one day I was driving and um, and there was a construction being done and I couldn't go my regular route so I'm like you know what let me go this way I've never and this is like literally in my neighborhood I'm like I've never been this this side that there's no reason for me to ever turn that way but because of the construction mm-hmm. I had no choice I'm like let me go this way instead of going back around so I went that the other way and I found the church right there like literally three minutes from my house oh, wow. and I said oh my goodness I even stopped the car and looked like oh my goodness there's a church right here and I, and I took a picture of the schedule and, and then that following week I went that Sunday and I met somebody going on the, walking up the stairs that she directed me to the bathroom. I sat down next to her cause she seemed nice and she became my spiritual mother. Oh. I'm like, Oh my God, how is, how crazy is that construction site oh. led me here that led me to her. And then she became my, my spiritual mom that. Helped me understand things that I had questions about the Bible. I didn't understand this. I didn't understand that. And she became that mentor for me. And I called my mom right away because she had retired and moved to Mexico. And that's what she was trying to do this whole time. But she was so happy that 
I met her. I met Sally. Her name was Sally. Oh, wow. And she, yeah, and it was just crazy how God works. That is, that's just amazing. I'm just, I'm trying to picture the construction <laughs> site. And now here's this, it's like a detour. God's saying, here's the yes. detour. <laughs> you know? yes. Here's yes. the detour. And not only that, but I'm going to put Sally in your path. And yes. oh my gosh. <laughs> And she was like an elder, you know, much older lady and so wise. And her prayers, she was a prayer warrior. And some of the things that she prayed for, and I've seen these miracles. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, yeah, it's just been incredible. The journey is, they say the journey is supposed to be fun. It is fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And and so... Here you have your spiritual mentor, Sally, and then you, mm-hmm. you know, God has also appointed other mentors in your life, other coaches yeah. in your life. Um, tell us what it's like um, for you to be a mentor and a coach. What does mm-hmm. that look like? So I, I never saw myself as a mentor or a leader or anything. I always felt like I needed help myself before mm-hmm. I could help someone else. But uh, even though that is true, that we should know how to lead ourselves first, I felt that um, that I didn't want to keep it to myself. All of those things that I was learning and feeling and, you know, those this liberating, you know, uh, it just felt so liberating not to have any worries, doubt, feel, fear, knowing that I have God in my life. I didn't want to keep all that to myself. And so those messages that I was learning, I'm like, I could share these messages with others. I'm going to meet you where you are, right? So mm-hmm. um, there's people that, that also have questions and also are, are lost. I felt like I was very lost, like um, blurriness everywhere. But as soon as I found God, everything was clear. Mm-hmm. Everything was clear. And I, I wanted that for other people. I wanted others to feel or to sense or just to have that also. And so I always told myself, I'm going to be bold for God. I learned that there when I started going to church, like, so be, be bold for God. When I got baptized, that's what they gave us a little bracelet that said, that means that we want to, you know, um, give that to someone else, give that opportunity to somebody else. So by sharing our story, like sharing my story and being a good example is one way of doing it. But then just sharing some of those messages that I learned with others, um, I want to, Sharing is caring. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the message of Christ. Yes. When it comes absolutely. to the message of Christ, like you, you want to share and share and share everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And my mom, as she became a, um, a Christian right away, when she found out, I saw the tremendous shift in her life. Mm-hmm. Like she was, she forgave my dad. She had found peace. And they and she actually said, "I want the best for him." And we were so shocked, like, "Oh my goodness!" After what he did, you know, and she just did a turnaround, and she found peace and was so happy. And I always thought to myself, "Good for her," you know, so happy for her. But I never saw myself, you know, until twenty years later, and when I saw for the first time, I saw somebody get baptized, and it was just a beautiful thing. And I saw the family come. That weekend, they, you know, the whole family came and I called my mom afterwards. I'm like, I went to my first baptism. It was beautiful. I said, how come you didn't invite me to your baptism? She's like, I did. I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't see it. 
when she invited me, I didn't, I was like, yeah, 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 mom, I'm not going to be able to make it. Like, you know, yeah. and I apologize. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know how wonderful this was, this experience. I wasn't there for you. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. I know that you didn't know. You didn't know. Yeah. So I, I'm, I was okay with it. And so <laughs> when it was my turn to, you know, a few months later, I, I talked to my son and he's a Catholic. And I said, this is so important to me. I know you don't understand, but I wasn't there for grandma. I want you to be there for me. And he was. He came. Aww. He videotaped it, sent it to my mom. <laughs> so I'm like, now it's my turn to pray for my son. Now it's my turn to pray for my son. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful. And so your mom got to see it on uh, recording. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And now this personal relationship that you have with Jesus, I noticed that, you know, when you when you talk and you're a panelist, you share that you share your relationship with Jesus, you share the importance of having him in your life. And, And I think that's what really inspired me that um, there was no division between the church and the secular for you. You know, there's like mm-hmm. you you walk the walk and talk the talk, whether it's at work, whether it's on a panel, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, in your personal life. It's like it's the same message. And tell me a little bit about that. So I put that in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. I, every day I, I thank him no matter where what the day looks like. I say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And. Um, you know, bring the right people into my life, remove the people that are not meant to be in my life. That is powerful. If I don't know, like if I'm having a hard time making a decision, I just go to God mm-hmm. and he just directs me. And And so I feel that as long as I put him first, I will go the way that, that I'm meant to go. And there's no confusion or, you know, um, because this is where I'm being led. Yeah. And so that's, you know, putting him in the center and knowing that what I have is because of him and giving him the glory is, is very important to me um, because it's not me. You know, it's him and, and I am where I am because of him. And so you say, I am where I am because of him. Where do you find yourself now and how are you encouraging these families and empowering these families who are coming to you for financial advice who are coming to you from a place of living in cycles how do Mm -hmm. you help them to see past what we considered normal how do you help them to break those cycles of um, financial struggle in their lives so what I do is I share my testimony. I let them know where I was and how I felt when I first started learning myself and how even though I worked in a bank and I went to school, I didn't know a lot of these things. And I say, um, I'm so grateful that God, you know, brought somebody to open my eyes to really see how my future could be different. And even though I'm older, and I wish I would have known this when I was younger. It's okay because I know now. And then that's when I talk about my son. And I let them know um, that I was able to help him at 16 years old. He just got his first job. And this is what God wants me to do is change my future generation. And so now I can make decisions that are better for, for me from now on. But how powerful is it to help my son and change genera- our generations to come? 
And so as I'm talking about him, I see people, because when you have kids, you want the same for your kids. And so I feel like that story that I share about my experience, like the experience, not only that I have of learning about finances, but that I'm able to share and, and help my son with his decision making, then they're open and receptive to learning something new. So then I'll teach them the basics. And I let them know the basics are things that we could have learned in school. That's how basic, basic it is. And that's how someone like me could come in with no experience in finances, learn something that I could have learned in high school. So then the walls come down because it could be intimidating to a lot of people. Finances could be intimidating. So I just make it as basic, you know, so they could, they could really see what compound interest means, how we get taxed on our savings, how to eliminate debt, and I explain how debt is something that needs to be managed so we don't fall into a hole that's really hard to dig out of. And when I'm talking to them, they're thinking of their situation and where they are. And I'm not pointing fingers because I'm never going to put somebody in a position to say, are you in debt? Right. I'll just share my experience of when I was in debt or let them know the statistics. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are, that have a lot of high interest credit cards. And so I'm just letting them know I'm not perfect. I was there. And so that's where they know, okay, like she's been through it. I share my grandmother's story of working so hard and, barely making it and so it's just about you know relating to people and 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 seeing you know not everyone takes the time to get to know them in their situation and where they are at and I want to be that light at the end of the tunnel to say you know what Mm, I'm I'm, we can't help everybody but I'm going to do my best to lead you in a way where you can have peace of mind have peace of mind knowing that your family, everything that you're working so hard for is protected, that if God forbid something happens to you, you are protected with life insurance, living benefits, long-term care, and you can leave a legacy. And that's what people just want, peace of mind. Yeah, I agree with that. You want to leave a legacy. You want to leave this earth knowing that you took care of those that were entrusted to you. um, Yeah. As best as you could. And so with that, you know, I know there's a lot that you teach and it's like you said, simple steps. Um, do you find that people are able, is this something that people can apply to their lives on um, these simple steps? Absolutely. Absolutely. The first one has to do with budgeting. So just knowing what the income is coming in and, and the expenses going out, what's left over and just budgeting um, or increasing income, giving people ideas of how to increase their income because nowadays one income is not enough even two so finding ways to generate additional sources of income based on their talents and things that that they're passionate about i feel like during the pandemic a lot of those talents and gifts came out with from a lot of people because they had the time to really reflect and show their talents to get creative to make that extra money so that's part of the step the first step that we go over is your budget and then finding ways to increase cash flow. And then the second one is eliminating debt. So um, everyone can start doing that with the simple strategies that are, that are no cost. I know there's a lot of companies out there that charge money to consolidate debt, but you don't need any of that. Simple, um, you know, strategies could help people get out of debt. And the other one is creating an emergency fund. We need um, at least three months minimum worth of income. So during also during the pandemic, 
people were getting laid off. They were getting let go or reduced hours. Thankfully, those people that had the emergency fund were good. But not a lot, of, a lot of people could say that. There's a lot of people struggling. They were not getting a paycheck. Living paycheck to paycheck is very dangerous. So that is, is right away something that someone could start implementing little by little, creating their emergency fund. Hmm. What would you say to the single mom that says, listen, I just rely on myself. I am the only one who brings in the income. You know, I have one, I have two, I have three children. Um, what would your words of encouragement be for that single mom who says, you know, if I don't work, no one's going to bring in the money. If I don't work, and even though I try to save, I can't because if it's not one thing, it's another. What words of encouragement and hope could you give that person? So, yes, and being creative and, and finding ways to make that additional source of income. I, thought, I think about my mom, how she used to babysit, carpool, dye hair. Like, what is your talent? There has to be something that you're passionate about. And we forgot about those things when we started our job. We forgot about those things when we were in college and we were going to school for certain things, but then we get married, the bills come, life happens, and then we forget about those things that we always wanted. That could actually be that purpose that you have. You're enjoying to do something for that extra money. That's one. Another is asking for help. You know, my mom helped me when I started, when I became a single mom. Sometimes you don't, not everybody has family to help them. Um, but you know, thankfully my mom was there to watch my son. I wouldn't have to just leave him anywhere, uh, but also helping him understand the importance so he could, the kids could be responsible in the home. And I would show him the things that I was doing in my second job. Like, look, this is why I go to work my second job. So we could have this and we could have that. And I remember when my sister's like, why are you telling a little kid that they don't care? I'm like, I'm telling him so he could know why I'm not home because yeah. they miss us and they want to know where we are. So I started letting him know ahead of, you know, early in life, he started, you know, washing his own clothes at eight years old. Yeah. He was, you know, doing the dishes, like helping. And he yeah. felt good, like he was contributing to the household, yeah. you know, and it helps them to grow up and become those proud, like, providers that they want to be. So don't get discouraged. Your kids are watching. Don't forget the kids are watching. They're watching everything that we're doing. And they're going to learn from us and they're going to know why you're sacrificing if you include them in everything, you know. And of course, you know, bringing God in and so they could have that peace and that love um, to not to let money or, you know, those things ever be a priority over God. Blanca, mm. where can people find this type of help? So um, the way that I found it was through a friend, but going to workshops, volunteering. I've met a lot of great people volunteering. You could find me. <laughs> I could help you. I've been doing this for 10 years. So I'm a mentor for others when it comes to finances, but also entrepreneurship. So if someone wants to get in, into the finance industry, there's a huge demand because there's millions of people that need help and there's not enough financial coaches out there. But we want to see um, a lot more women. We want to see different nationalities and cultures, different people that speak different languages. We want to see more of that in the finance world because pre predominantly it was always white males in the finance industry, male, you know, that don't really understand women mm -hmm. and they can't relate to women. So this industry is looking for a lot of people. 
So if there's anyone out there that's interested in learning more about finances, I could help direct them. I could, you know, um, give them some resources. But I'm also, um, you know, a mentor and a coach when it comes to both client and entrepreneur side. And do you have a platform or do you have an email address where our listeners can connect with you? Yeah, so I have a website. It's my name, BlancaSepulveda.com. And um, my email, on my website, you could schedule an appointment through my professional email, but my personal email is just my first and last name, BlancaSepulveda17 at Gmail. And they could also reach me at 708-426-9024. Okay. And that's your office number? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I I appreciate you giving that information because, as you mentioned, there are lots and lots of people um, struggling financially. And I've heard stories where families, sometimes it even leads to suicide where where they just felt so in deep with their debt and you hear these tragic stories and a lot of people feel like I'm at my wits end and there's nothing I can do I'm drowning in my finances Mm -hmm. and so those are the ones that I see like okay this is a crisis situation we really need to get these people help and they need to know that there are resources and, and tools and someone that they can talk to to help them you know um and so with that being said, how would you speak into the life of someone who feels like that, who feels like I'm drowning and it just seems like there's no way out of this? There's always a way out if you reach out mm-hmm. and you ask for help. Uh, sometimes we try to figure things out on our own mm-hmm. and we're running in circles and just being open or praying you know, praying to God to bring somebody in your life, but you got to be open, right? If someone mm-hmm. does come, yeah. be open to listening to them. Like I said, uh, I do workshops every week. Every Wednesday I do workshops and me and my team are, are out there. We're inviting people to come to our complimentary workshops. So just being open to something like that is one way, um, you know, that that um, if we're just open to, to trusting, right? Because we got to bring, you know, mm-hmm. I know this is a very sensitive subject when it comes to money, but the that's why the power of a referral is just like the way we met, right? We met with somebody else through the panel, through the events. Mm -hmm. So those those things right there are very powerful because it's not a stranger, right? It's somebody that you had a good experience with, and so if you refer somebody to somebody else, now that person had a good experience, and and so there is hope out there because we're we're open and we're asking for help. We're reaching out. And I'm right now I'm building an army of individuals that mm. want a family. So my goal is to be in every major, you know, um, city across the U.S., um, especially here in, in the Chicagoland area. I'm in the, in, the, in the Downers Grove. I'm in the West Loop, close to Pilsen. I'm in Waukegan, in, the, in Midway, like, I want to make sure that we're getting in front of as many people as possible. This week, I'm also going to be at a hospital giving workshops to nurses. So hopefully one day somebody from my team will reach out to you and invite you to a complimentary workshop. But um, but that's what we're doing. I'm building an army to go out there and help as many. Our goal is to help a million families. And so I know together we can do it. 
I know so too, Blanca. I know so too. I just see this passion in you. I pray that the Lord continue to expand your territory um, because it's, it's really not yours. It's his. But he uses people like you, Blanca. He uses people that have a heart for communities, to, that have a heart for families to be transformed to change the way of thinking that poverty mentality you know and we can we can if we choose to we can make a change in our own life we can set up healthy boundaries when it comes to financial um, decisions we can do this we can because we're a, a people who for a long time have seen struggle have lived through struggle um, but we've yeah. learned to overcome and it's like you said it's all been in the learning and um the walking in it you know applying it to our life taking those simple steps at times it's not so simple at times it's challenging and it's a struggle but i feel like in this life as a christian the struggle is part of the journey you know it's part of your journey so in knowing that what you are doing blanca and what your i love how you call it your army um, because mm-hmm. they they have a purpose and they have yeah. a mission in this life. And it's to see people, families, communities come out of debt, come out yeah. of that place of financial struggles that's um, bringing about divorces, that's bringing mm-hmm. about separations, that's bringing about destructive patterns to a family because mm-hmm. of the misspending, because of the overspending, or just be mismanaging money. Things that we didn't learn, but now they're becoming available to us through people like you, Blanca. So I really, truly appreciate you sharing all that you've shared. And I'm really excited. I would love to one day participate in one of your workshops (laughs) and just learn a little bit more because I think that that could benefit all of us. Um, Absolutely. All of us can benefit from that. Before I let you go, Blanca, which I really don't because I know there's so much there's so much more in you. And I, I really enjoy talking to you. I feel like you do add value. You do add value to me as I'm talking with you. And I thank you for that. But what are some words of encouragement? What are some words of advice that you would have uh, for someone who maybe went through what you saw your family go through? Uh, what words would you give to them? So I have two. One of them is what you just said. You know, always know that setbacks are a part of the journey, a part of the growth and the gaining of the experience. So anything that we, anytime we have a setback, just know that there's something good that's going to come from it. Only if we see it. Um, but um, but as far as like a, a quote, you know, just going back, uh, I know it was just we're just celebrating Martin Luther King, but he says, faith is taking the first step even when we don't see the whole staircase. Okay. So if we don't move, nothing will change. We have to walk in faith. Thank you so much, Blanca. Thank you for sharing that, that alone in itself, just taking that first step of faith, though it be a small one, it's one step forward, right? It's yes. you're moving, <laughs> you're moving. Yes. And that's really important. Thank you for your time. Thank you for blessing us with these words of encouragement and wisdom. I will pray for your journey because I do believe that um, there's nothing impossible with the Lord. I believe there needs to be less financial struggle in our families, in our communities, 
there's got to be a better way if we seek to learn and as we seek to grow. So I really appreciate you, Blanca. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. And thank you for this platform that you've created and, you know, all the many lives that you're going to be changing as well. And God is working through you and you're following and being faithful to him. Thank you. And and like you said, that's where he gets the glory, right? That's where he gets the glory when we learn to be obedient to what he's yes. called us to do um, in many ways. It looks so different for each of us, but it's beautiful the way it all intertwines together, right? Yes, beautiful. <laughs> I just want to go ahead and thank all my listeners for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for the next episode of Her Scars. Tell a story.